0: From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and
1: Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's <laughs> name. Uh, who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles. Hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool ant that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like, he thought it was really cool.
1: Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday.
0: So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Bree Tucker.
1: Why, hello, hello, buddy. How are you?
0: It is
2: is...
1: the end of the week. And it's also, like I know that we mentioned in our episode, it's close to the holidays. So it is a time where like your brain is half on or half mush. I'm not sure how you want to look at it either way. It's,
0: it's, it's funny because like my brain is half mush, being, my husband's been out of town all this week on a work trip. And so my kids are pretty self-sufficient, but just having to manage everything on my own, there's definitely a hit in brain power. Being but taken. you know
1: what? We did talk about this obviously, uh, well, not obviously to the audience, but obviously you and me, we talked about this off camera about how at the beginning of the week, though, you were talking about how you felt like it was you didn't realize how much time you spent trying to keep track of his time and and doing things for him that you were thinking it would be an easier week. Mm -hmm. And now that it's at the end of the week, how was it?
0: It's, it was okay. Everything was okay. But usually he's my tap out when things get way too emotional and having Ah. a teenager, like it's really emotional Emotional every day. Yeah. So (laughs) I didn't have that tap out and that's really what exhausted me. But I I think after this week, I am going to worry less about him. I mean, he doesn't want me worrying about him. I know that for like kids, we've talked about this, (laughs) but it's just a habit I have. And I think I can just let go and make sure I'm focused on me and what needs to be done. And it's all good. It's all okay.
1: That's fantastic. It's a hard time anytime anyone has no tap out with their teenage daughter. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to say daughter because in my case, I have a son and a daughter and I would definitely say my daughter is a lot more involved with the emotional end of things than my son is not that he's not emotional. He just, he doesn't suck as much out of my cup as my daughter does,
0: but I love her. I love them both, but it's a lot of stuff out of the cup. Yeah. Well, when my son was younger. It used to be him who had like all the attention needed to be given to him. And now he's like not I wouldn't say like he's totally independent and doesn't need me at all. But again, he doesn't need as much for my cup. I think that's a good, good way to explain it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So our guest today is actually great that we're on the subject of daughters because Mm -hmm. she helps moms of teenage athletes, particularly girls. Her name is Brienne Smedley, and she is a certified female athlete, elite performance coach who works to empower and enable female athletes to cultivate true confidence, unlock their potential and level up their performance across all aspects of their lives. And she's passionate about helping sports moms strengthen their athletes' daughter's mental game. So she stops beating herself up after mistakes and starts believing in herself as much as her mom does. And I laugh a little bit because you will see how this well, we interview so just goes right into that and <laughs> perfectionism. So we hope you enjoy our interview with Brienne. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Starting like as a competitive athlete, I'm assuming you started in high school with athletics. Is that right?
3: Yeah, I started probably more, more like middle school. I was, you know, very competitive in a lot of sports, but volleyball was like my main sport. That was the one that I fell in love with in high school. got really serious. I was basically playing year round. So yeah, that was like my main sport. Did you have the experience
0: where you were uh, basically in school and then in the sport and it took up most of your free time? outside of school oh, yeah
3: yeah and honestly i mean my story around athletics and competition it like you know it it started as a love and then it became something that was all all consuming to the point where when i was a senior i was a highly recruited athlete i was getting a lot of offers to play at the next level and it was kind of this idea of you know where's where's where gonna play not like is she gonna play with it i just felt like it was you know, everybody else's expectations on me. And actually my senior year, after after my senior season, I decided to quit. I was like, this is too much. This is, you know, taking up my whole life, my whole identity. Looking back now, I know exactly what it was. I was dealing internally with a lot of expectations, pressure, confidence issues. I felt like I had to perform always. I couldn't make any mistakes. And I just didn't know how to deal with the normal things that athletes deal with. You know, like all athletes face mistakes, pressure, expectations, nerves, like, it's a common thing when you're an athlete. And mm-hmm. I just thought I was the only one and didn't know how to deal with it. So I was like, it's better for me just to quit and like duck out of this than to be at the next level, have to deal with all this, let people down. And so I did. Well, <laughs> now, that... you're like, wait, but you played in college. How did this happen?
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, well, you, you've touched on something so important and that's the confidence Mm -hmm. issue. And that's, I see the confidence issues right now with my daughter. I remember acutely the confidence issues that I went through in high school. Like I was a high school swimmer and Mm -hmm. sometimes I felt that it was like not even worth trying if everybody else was better than me. Did you ever encounter anything like that? Yeah,
3: it was you know, and now doing the work that I do, I see a lot of this perfectionism tendency, this all or nothing. It's not worth it to even try if I'm just going to get beat out or she's going to be better than me or I'm going to make mistakes or I'm going to fail. It's it's better just to not even do it. And, you know, that's I totally saw that coming out. Obviously, that that basically made my decisions for me when it came to that point of like, hey, are you going to continue with the sport you love? And it's like, No. Because I could fail basically. And if I'm going to go down that road and be a disappointment in my mind, then I'm just not going to do that. So yeah, of course.
1: I think that that's something, it's a good point there that that fear of if I'm not the best, if I'm not perfect at it, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to completely let everybody down, even though nobody's ever said that to you. Nobody's ever exactly. like, right. It, nobody ever said, Brie, you you better be a good volleyball player. Like that's it. If you're not like number one, mm-hmm. we don't love you. <laughs> like, that, exactly. that was exactly. never said, but yet we all have that thought process. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I had that same one growing up too. Like I wasn't sporty, but I was really competitive in music. And unless I knew I was going to like hammer that tryout, I didn't even try. And if I did, then I was going to be the best at everything. And it, like you said, it would just, consume your whole personality and it's where is that in between right Mm -hmm. and that's that's what you focus on is helping everybody find that in between because it's
0: scary did you ever have a hard time taking constructive criticism because you felt Mm -hmm. like i'm speaking from personal experience and from what i see with my daughter i could not ask people how i could improve because if i asked them i felt like they would just say oh my gosh you suck as a swimmer why are you even doing this basically the simon cowell of coaches you know that was my fear did you ever have that fear of feedback and criticism in your sports life
3: yeah i really did and again that hits on um when we teach moms and athletes about perfectionism it's kind of like hitting those those themes we kind of teach in of of like common things that athletes struggle with perfectionism nerves anxiety you know, never feeling good enough. These are just common things coming back from mistakes. And that one would fall into the perfectionist bucket where it's like feedback is seen as um, like, you're just telling me I'm the worst person ever. And we see this when our, when athletes, and this is very common, attach their identity to their sport and their mm-hmm. outcomes with their self-worth. And there's sneaky ways that um, that we as parents, I mean, we have the best intentions, but we actually are re- reaffirming this in our athletes. And like you oh, said, no. no one told me. Yeah. No one told me like, Hey Brie, like you are a volleyball player and that's all you are. And if you don't perform out there, like, you know, we don't love you, but guess what? I got a ton of praise when I did well, I got a ton of Mm -hmm. praise when I got the most kills. I got a ton of recognition. I got a ton of focus, got a ton of attention when I was doing those things. And so subconsciously that is what we put into our brains as athletes, you know, as young, impressionable athletes, like, Mm -hmm. you know, we connect when I do good things out there, I get recognition. So that is where, you know, that That connect comes and as parents, we can actually be intentional with where we shift our focus to help our athletes not have that identity crisis there.
0: That's, that's interesting because as parents, you know, you're told, oh, we should boost our kids and self-esteem and really tell them when they're doing well, because Mm -hmm. that helps. But like what we teach also at No Guilt Mom is like, it really all depends on where we put the praise and it's always effort versus innate ability. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the only thing that could be really improved on or really worked on. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned all the perfectionism thing, because I'm like, maybe some of my own perfectionism qualities are coming out here because that's all I'm asking you
3: about. Oh, yes. I know. You're like, wow, okay, we're in this
0: bucket again. Okay. Yeah. You're like, we're in perfectionism again. Okay, yeah. cool. cool. So,
1: so I'm curious, what are some things that we can do? Like, what? How can we shift that praise or that positive reinforcement to a place where it's actually more helpful and they don't see it as conditional. We'll be right back
0: after a quick break. in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients.
0: thousand happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean that can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code Guilt.
3: Yeah, exactly. And it sounds like, you know, you guys have – have nailed it right we are shifting two things that are in their control so there's kind of two two ways that we teach moms how they shape their athlete daughter's confidence and that's through providing the opportunities and through shaping the environment And providing the opportunities, we're pretty good at that, right? Like, we give them the physical training that they need. We sign them up for the sports they want to play, take them to practice. And then also, though, the opportunities for them to develop the mental side of their game and the confidence. And so that's kind of, like, what we can provide for athletes. But then shaping the environment is actually where we move the needle most. And so... We talk about, we shape the environment for our daughters through what we say to them, our verbal communication and our nonverbal communication. So what we're modeling for them. So Joanne when you were like, my perfectionism might be showing up in my day, you know? Yes, there is a <laughs> time. Like, come on. We've got to look at ourselves and look at like our triggers, look at our past history with our sport and other things, even our trauma to see how that might be showing up in our athlete. But when it comes to that verbal communication You know, you hit it on the head, shifting from the outcome to what's in their control, shifting from their stats, their accolades, all of those things to what the process was that got them there, because that's what's in their control. You know, it sounds like I'm preaching to the choir here. So we, you know, we say, yes, like we don't, it's like we're going to ignore like, oh my gosh, you got, you scored like eight goals this you know, this game, like, obviously that's phenomenal, but can we, and as I'm even tell moms, when you're sitting on the sideline, take some mental notes, like you can put a note in your phone, watch the things that your athlete did that weren't just goals scored. Was she getting available? Was she encouraging her teammates? Was she hustling when she lost the ball? Did she not give up when it could have been easy to do that? Was she taking coaching well? Like those things lead to the outcome- like in, in very big ways. And so then it's like, Oh, great game. You know, how do you feel like you did? We have a whole kind of post-game thing that we do. What I noticed was you were taking coaching so well, like your coach was telling you this and you were nodding your head. You're making eye contact. It was so cool. And you know, I know you worked hard for this like that. You must be so proud of yourself. So bringing it back, turning that in that lens inward. So that's kind of the first one. And the second one is more of a long game and that's I think they're positive innate qualities. So we say, okay, find what her, PIQs are, and those are just like what make her her, because we want to separate who our athlete is from what they do, right? She is not just volleyball. She's not just soccer. She's not just dance. You know, mm-hmm. she's so many other things. And so we want to be constantly just in the daily life, like pulling out those positive innate qualities and what we love about our daughters that aren't related to her sport. So that's where we start when we start talking about this as moms.
0: Yeah. yeah. I love it because it, it's a really hard thing to shift because like is, yeah. I grew up and like you probably grew up and Bri grew up having that praise where it's like, oh my gosh, you're so good. Oh my gosh, that was so beautiful. Oh, that was such a good performance. And the first thing I find that I want to say to my daughter is those same things. That's what immediately pops into my head. And it's sometimes hard just to step back and really think about, okay, how do I praise the effort here versus praising just the outcome? Right. Because Mm -hmm. it's like you just said, it's
1: what you see that you want to be like, oh my gosh, you have so much talent. You have so much skill. But sometimes (laughs) I can go the exact opposite direction of what we want.
3: Yeah, because then it's like, I remember one time, and again, all athletes are different and what they're motivated by. But we do know this to be true, that athletes, you know, tend to, especially those that lean towards perfectionism, tend to attach their identity to what they do. But I remember once I had like one of the best games of my high school career. I had, you know, like 20 kills or something like that. It was it was so, so good. And after the game, instead of being excited, I was like, how am I ever going to do that again? You yes. Know, it was oh, just no. this, like, yes.
1: You know, you already felt like you peaked, man. Yeah. No, I was like,
3: there's
0: I'm like 15, 16. Yeah, exactly. That, but I can totally identify with that. I have had yeah. feelings like that after massive successes where you're like, well, that's it. Now I have to compete with it. And the bars just raise even
3: higher. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Exactly. So it's finding that balance of like constantly, yeah, we want our athletes to be improving and to be getting better and those outcomes improving, of course, but we also at a deeper level want them to be satisfied with their performance, satisfied with who they are, satisfied with the work that they're putting in, the goals that they're setting. Like all of that, that comes through the process of getting better. You know, that's what keeps them them going, not this like, all right, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm done <laughs> because I've gone as far as I can go. Yeah. Well, it's
0: interesting for athletes who keep winning and keep experiencing good results. In my research before this interview, I found a quote that you said after a game and you said, as a coach, I really like well-timed losses. As we were going through the season and rolling along, I was like, when's our adversity going to come? That was it. That gave us an opportunity to dig a little deeper. So can mm. you talk a little bit about what loss does to kids when they're an, an athlete? Yeah. Oh, That's so
3: funny. You pulled up that quote. So we, yeah, uh, it's from this. Season. I also coach a high school volleyball team and we, we won state, we won state last year, we won state this year, and this year, and they were completely different seasons. And this season we were, you know, coming in as defending state champs and we were rolling along. We were not getting hit with a lot of tough challenges. And I'm like, this is a problem, <laughs> you know, like we, as, as good as winning is, winning doesn't solve everything. Winning doesn't cure everything. It, it doesn't. And I was like, we, we've got to hit some, I mean, we were creating some adversity for ourselves with some of the internal team dynamics that we had going on, but you know, we needed something. We needed that challenge because it's really easy to be the athlete that you say you want to be. It's really athlete or easy for our, our kids to be like, yeah, I want to be this like, you know, positive teammate and I want to work really hard and then you're winning. And it's like, yeah, that's easy. Okay. What, and who are you? How do you respond when Things are hard when we're, we're down and it's tough and it's really hard to be positive. That's where you get the real opportunity to prove who you are and who you want to be. And so, yeah, we lost in the district championship. It was a tough loss, but I was like, sweet, this is awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, the girls were like all sad and I'm like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, um, what is wrong with you? Did you just see what happened? <laughs> yeah, I believe we would have not won state if we hadn't had that loss because it exposed some things in us caused us to work a little harder in practice. There were just so many good things that came from that loss. And so, you know, shifting our focus to, hey, losses are, they teach us the most. We didn't change anything, you know, with what we were doing the whole season. We didn't have to. But I knew in the postseason, it was like we're going to be challenged in much different ways. And we need some adversity to to kind of allow us to dig a little deeper. So yeah, losses are great.
0: (laughs) What should moms do when they let their daughter right after a tough loss or maybe like It something didn't go the way their daughter expected that it would go.
3: Like, what's the dialogue there? Mm -hmm. Great question. Welcome to athletics. (laughs) It happens all the time. The way that we describe this to moms is there are four roles in your athlete daughter's, you know, career, right? In her athletic career, and there's the coach, there's the athlete, there's the ref, and there's the parent. And you get to be one. Now, if you're the actual coach of your daughter's team, like you do, you are two things. And that's a hard line, but you're not the athlete. This is her journey. This is her experience. You're not the coach. So you're not there to be giving tips and pointers and reminders and coaching and feedback unless she's asking for it. You're not the ref. Don't be the mom that's like, backhaul, bad call, whatever. We've you're, seen you're, that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At, uh, <laughs> At football games. Yes. 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 No, yes. No judgment, you know, no judgment, judgment, <laughs> but judgment. <laughs> yeah. But the parent, and as I said earlier, the parent, as a parent, you have two two roles. You provide the opportunities, you shape the environment. And when it comes to post-loss, we really have to make sure we stay in the role because we like to fix things. Parents like to be like, "Yep, my daughter's upset. Like she, whatever happened, whatever went down, maybe there's some... There's some tough feelings. There's, there's a lot going on. And we want to swoop in and be like, don't feel like this anymore. You, mm-hmm. you did great. Stop thinking about all the things that went bad. No, this will be better. Even as a coach, I was like, okay, we got to grieve this a little bit. And then we can look forward. And so, you know, we teach mom a framework. Mom's a framework for post-game. And the acronym is LOVE, L-O-V-E. And so the first part of the acronym is LET HER LEAD. So after that tough game, and really this is win or loss, but it's to kind of gauge, like, where is she at? Let her lead what she wants to do. Most athletes and most athletes in our program, when we ask them, what do you need after a game? They're like, I need space. I just need time. I just need someone to just be there and like not ask me a bunch of questions about the game and like try and fix it. And so let her kind of lead and and judge kind of wh- what's going to, what does she need? The O is open the space. And so we encourage moms to have like a post-competition, post-game like routine with their daughter, whether, and the simplest one is like, hey, where do you want to go eat? You know, not let's get let's all hash out the game or anything but have just some sort of like simple routine that you do so that she is reaffirmed that like you know i am loved no matter what i did out there we're still gonna go get something to eat it's not like if i win i get something to eat if i lose, I don't oh my god that's um, awful that'd be
0: horrible <laughs> i know yeah. i about
3: that but i'm like i've seen it so it happens. Um, oh. yeah i don't even I know. want to no no that's nope. not yes. good
0: that's yeah. not good so
3: Open the space and allow her to, to be there. The, the best thing is for your daughter to come to you in those situations. And so, you know, if you are peppering her with questions and you are like giving her coaching, you'd be like, well, if you would have done this, or if the coach would have done this, she's going to slowly be like, I don't want you, you know, and we want others yeah. to be like, to come to us. And we want to be that safe space. And the V is validate. And so I know it's simple, but it's like, yeah, she's going through a hard time. Validate it. Don't try and fix it. She's like, yeah, that was, t- that was tough. You worked really hard for that and it wasn't how you expected it like that would be tough tell me more about it and just validate her experience the last one is e that's encourage inward and so for that we we encourage moms to you know ask their daughters like hey do you want to talk about this or do you just do you want to vent do you want my perspective you know those really good questions that help her kind of turn the gaze inward so like hey what you know what were your goals in that game what didn't go well what did go well how were you a great teammate what are you mm-hmm. going to do moving forward? Like those questions, instead of like shifting blame and, and, you know, everything else, just allowing her to process. So that's the framework that we do kind of overview of the framework that we teach moms for post-game. We'll be right back
2: after a quick break.
4: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
2: Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. I have a question on that. What do mm-hmm.
1: you? What advice do you have if, when you're doing that final step, you find that your daughter is doing a lot of, oh well, it was so and so's fault on the team, or mm, the coach should question. have done this. When they're when they're constantly putting the loss or the blame on other people, and you're you're seeing this pattern. Oh my gosh, maybe they weren't mm-hmm. like that before. They started doing it, but like, what's the best thing you can do to kind of help bring them back when they're like, whoa, we're focusing too much on it being everybody
3: else's fault. Yeah, that's a great question. Because that's a coping mechanism, right? right. It's them yeah. being like, Ugh, it's not me. And so <laughs> validate it and be like, Oh, okay. So I'm hearing you say that, you know, if the coach would have just maybe done this, it would have changed the outcome. Maybe. Maybe we don't know what's, you know, but that's out of your control. So we teach athletes, you know, like in your control, out of your control, basic concept. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, what is what is in your control though that that could have influenced the game, you know? And so it's kind of like, ah, I see that. What else could it be, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's just that same concept of like, you know we don't wanna just like brush it off because, you know just like us, like adults when we're processing things like, you know, when I process things with my husband when he's like, oh no, stop, like, it's not that. I'm like, wait. <laughs> But I really think that. And so it's just kind of like validating it, you know, for a moment and be like, hmm, okay, maybe. And then moving on to like, but that's not really in your control. So what's yeah. in your control that could have, you know, influenced something differently? Or what do you want to do next time
0: in yes, that I do. I like that shift, and I can see in many conversations where I can use that with my daughter and the blame shifting. Because it's it's so easy to be like, "Oh no, that's not true." But I love the validate and then shifting it. I'm going to use that. It's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, what are a you note on that?
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Tell, tell me. Tell <laughs> me. Yeah. Well, just real quick. Be careful, moms. To I know we all have opinions on coaches and teammates and all of that. The quickest way you can tear down an athlete coach relationship is to be like, yeah, I know that coach really does. Like, that. that was a bad decision. You know, refrain from that. You can talk to your partner about that. Like, but just in front of your daughter, that actually damages her, her relationship with her coach and her future success. So just, you know, you can validate and be like, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying, but don't go down the rabbit hole of being like, yeah, I know that coach, blah, blah, blah.
0: So. Okay I have to say from if anyone's listening right now that is an easy rabbit hole to go down because mm-hmm. currently this high school season that is the well, rabbit hole we've been going down with her well especially she's on
1: yeah like. well especially if you think that if you feel like it, you truly are fearful for what that's doing to your child's self-esteem you truly feel like it might be a toxic type situation
3: now that's a different story yeah yeah, yeah. it's toxic you know and there's there's things then you go down the path of like okay you know, again, you don't have to just like tear somebody down. You can be like, oh right, yeah, let's hear the details. You know, how is this impacting you? And then like, you take the steps of like, you know, either your athlete talking to the coach or you talking to the coach with your athlete. And, right. you know, so that, yeah, of course. That's, yeah, but, that's different.
1: but I mean, I think it brings up a good point. Like it can be, it can be tricky to know where that line is, right. It where, is. where that, like, where your child might be having a, a skewed perception. And so the story they're coming back to you with, is not maybe as, bad as it sounds. So it can be tricky. I have a really quick question. What is a kill? What is a kill? Oh. <laughs> I, I'm not a volleyball girl.
3: <laughs> a kill in volleyball is when the attacker, like the, the third person to, to contact the ball, hits the ball over and it gets a point.
1: Okay. Oh. All right.
3: There we go. I know. Okay. It is kind of like, you know, why do they call it kills?
1: I like it though. I like it. I was just the whole time you kept saying kills. I'm like, what does that mean? Does that mean she like right. spiked it or like, yes. I
3: just, yeah. It's basically, been... yeah, you spiked it, got a point. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Cool.
0: <laughs> what are you looking forward to that is coming up for you?
3: Well, let's see. I am looking forward to the holidays so right now we're kind of as we as we're recording this we're going into a season of spending some more time with family we just wrapped up a really successful season but my husband is the head football coach where i coach volleyball and we've got mm-hmm. two little kiddos and it's just like an enormously busy season for those like 5 months and yeah. so i'm looking forward to not having all of that in our business we've got a lot of cool things happening as well so i'm looking forward to rebranding our podcast we've got new offerings for moms for teams and coaches and So that's really fun too, on the
0: horizon. That's awesome. That is exciting. Well, it's been awesome talking with you. Thank you so much for
3: coming on. Yes. Thank you for having me. Great questions. Loved it.
0: It, It's so funny during this interview, because I think right in the middle of it, when I was looking at the questions I was asking, I'm like, maybe I have a problem with perfectionism.
1: I think she says that in there. Oh, another question about perfectionism. (laughs) I'm like, okay, there might be an issue here. I admit it. I admit it. But I have to admit, when I had first heard about it, I'm like, okay, I I'm not really big into sports. I never really was big into sports. I played softball when I was younger, but not for like high school or anything further than that. And I did music, blah blah blah. And I was like, okay, I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to relate to Brienne. I besides our names, I love yeah, the fact that same name we have same the same name spelled differently, but same name. Um. But I love like everything she said was 100% same wavelength as everything that we're talking about. It's it's about like supporting them and having the right, like when you're giving them the the positive feedback that you're focusing on the right things, not necessarily on, you know, did you win? you know, love what you did related to winning, but talking about mm-hmm. the effort and all those kinds of things. So I just loved it. It was so nice and refreshing to hear that thought process rather than the win, 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 win.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? It's interesting because my daughter came home yesterday and she was complaining about her coach. And so I'm like, okay, I am ready for this. And she was venting about her coach. And, you know, bear in mind, we talk about validating feelings and how to let others talk and everything like all the time in our house. So she's venting, venting, venting. And I'm like, what's something that like you're proud of that you did right. And she turns it immediately around. She's like, mom, I am venting. I just want to vent right now. I don't want to think about what I'm doing right, right now. And I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> I was like, I tried. I tried. It'll come in later. I am sure. I am sure. But you know what? I'm so proud of her for saying that part though. Like, I'm just venting because it, right. Isn't that one of the hardest things I think about being a parent in general for our kids, but especially if you're a parent of a teen girl trying to figure out what it is that they want. Like, Mm -hmm. do you want to just vent to me? Do you want me to give any advice? Do you want me to distract? Do you Mm -hmm. want me to agree? What is it that you're looking for from me? And I'm glad that she was able to say that. Wish it could have been a little bit softer, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> it's a hard thing because sometimes she doesn't even know what she wants. So I'll ask those questions. And I mean, I think it's normal human nature. She's just like, I just want you to do what the right thing is, mom. I'm like, I don't know the right
1: thing You're like in this like circumstance. A- it's a like- cider secret. We don't know what we're doing. We're winging it.
0: I could tell you what I think. and Then she's like, no, that's not what I'm like. Okay. (laughs) And I think that's just going to be the way of things for like the next few years, because I was probably the same way.
1: (laughs) I do know that as the years have progressed, every couple of months, I'm calling my parents going, I just wanted to let you know I love you. And I appreciate you. And I am so sorry for all the crap I gave you because now I understand. And then I go off on whatever new thing just happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and now I know what that was like for you. So thank you for being patient with me and got any advice. Yeah. <laughs> My parents will be like, listen, Brie, we're like in our seventies. Now we don't have advice. You just figure it out on your own. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> you can tell mine, them the baby in the family. <laughs> mine are like, I have no idea. <laughs> you're yeah. dealing with it still with your sister <laughs> and she's almost 34.
1: <laughs> it's the choice. Well, like I guess I just said, like, I'm still the baby. I am still treated like the baby in my family and I actually yeah. don't mind it so much. Don't mind no, it so much at all. You don't, you no. don't
0: mind it. Cause I know that's a point of contention in my family. It's like, cause the baby's treated like they can't handle things on their own. Like, do you ever feel like so, you're treated like that?
1: So, um, not really. What I feel like I get is a lot of a lot of would you like help? Would you like this? And I don't see that as, oh now you say it. So now I'm like going like, oh crap, none of them believe I could do anything on my own. But I actually think that it's it's a lot more of like just being supportive
0: and being there. I, I don't know. I, it's not it's I don't not really it. I don't let me back it. it up. It's not really like in our family <laughs> that we don't think the baby can do more on their own it's more that the baby feels that's how we feel and so everything like that's offered for help it's like pushback so i will
1: say this i'm not called the baby so that does help if i get called the baby i'd be like really
0: i'm just really i'm just not using her name (laughs) oh yeah 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 yeah. no i totally get that
1: but uh yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) that's how it is
0: (laughs) my brain has left the building it's gone one of those it's just it's just one of those vibes one of those vibes well remember the best mom is a happy mom take care of you and we'll talk to you later thanks for stopping by